Welcome. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and hermaphrodites, my fellow slaves of the global plantation. The Vinnie Eastwood show is bad news. It's like the news, but worse. It's the lighter side of genocide. Just because we're being exterminated doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Otherwise, what's the point of being killed? The Vinnie Eastwood Show, where the only thing worse than living in a high-tech global police state run by child-trafficking Satanists is Vinnie's jokes. And my very special guest here, uh, uh, the one, the only... The, uh, uh, somewhat legendary, uh, uh, the, the 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 borderlining on fabulous, uh, uh, Justin Pedini. Welcome to the welcome to the broadcast, brother. What's up, Vinny? And I hope, um, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I've been a big fan of your show for a while. Um, I can't actually see you on the screen. Am I supposed to hit something? Um, you can't see me. No, if not, I'll just talk into the thing. It's all good. But uh, yeah, I can't see you. All right, okay. Well, we can we can see you. He, we can hear you, and, it's, and it all seems to be uh, fantastic. So uh, we may uh, during the break try and sort that out for you. Uh, but no for, for the meantime, uh, for the listeners, please just uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Uh, I'm not really sure how to define that. Um, I'm, uh, it, it's kind of strange. I'm just kind of someone who's very unhappy with reality and almost everyone in it. So what I try to do is go around questioning everybody's belief systems because, as sad as it is, I don't really think the people of this planet are too bright. And uh, someone needs to do something about it, which you are, so that's why I'm a fan of yours, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's... um I remember I had a comedian on the show once named Wyeth Chalmers from New Zealand, and I asked him, why do you make jokes, Wyeth? And he says, I don't know. See a guy with a funny hat there or something, and I make up a little story about him. And I was kind of thinking about what it, what he said a little bit and the sort of the elements at play. And what it dawned on me is that the reason why comedians make jokes is because they don't like the way things are. They don't like reality. And so they have to make things up in order to be able to deal with the fact. Is that about right? Uh, no, you hit it on a, a nutshell. It's uh, To be honest with you, it's something I, I don't really talk about openly too much. I don't really have a problem with it. But, yeah, like I kind of am just not a very happy person. So that's what I do is I take my inner rage and angst and anguish at the state of reality where we live in. And I kind of just try to put my own spin on it. And at the same time, too, try to get people to, like, see where I'm coming from. So, like, maybe we can do something about it. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know if I consider myself I'm a comedian. I just... Uh, I just like write, you know, I don't know what I guess. So I'm about to start doing more standups now. But that's really my goal is to kind of go out there and just try to, like, I guess, educate people in the same way George Collin did with his craft. Because, yeah, that guy was just phenomenal and had like a big impact on me. Yeah, I I remember I was talking with uh, the Australian comedian Steve Hughes, who I I think is sort of the uh, the progenitor. There was um, he's he's the fourth of four uh, great philosophical comedians and i think the the first being lenny bruce then bill hicks who was inspired by lenny and then Mm -hmm. george carlin who was around before bill hicks but he sort of became a little bit more philosophical after bill and then he's dead as well and uh 
what we've got left is uh, Steve Hughes. Um, and this, this sort of comedy, he he said to me that Bill Hicks wasn't really a comedian, Vinny. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and he says he was actually giving people philosophy, okay? He, he, he was a, a fan of, of thought uh, in and of itself. And that thought that he was trying to get out to people was what eventually killed him. Right, because the angst of doing all of these jokes uh, about the worst things in the world at that time is what I think really destroys people in general in, in the comedic space. Because the fact of the matter is, the vast majority of things you see in this world aren't that funny. And it, but you have to, the more you know, the more of an effort you have to make in order to yeah. be able to see the lighter side. No, no, definitely. Like, I actually tell people, like, I'm George Collins' henchman because he's not here anymore. So I'm kind of, at least, I feel like I'm at least drawing from the same place as him. Uh, you know, actually, somebody's texting me about uh, doing some stand up now. But uh, yeah, so that that's kind of the same idea with like Bill Hicks, another one of my heroes. You know, like I like I'm more of a George fan, but Bill's absolutely the man too. So that's kind of the angle I'm going for. I figured I'd be like their new uh, like protege, I guess, in the uh, the 2000s or something like that. But um, yeah, basically, you know, not to get into too much depth, I had a really difficult childhood, uh, which is still you can probably see in me. So uh, I didn't. I was basically I didn't have a lot much freedom as a kid. So what I would do is I would kind of get lost in my, like, imagination, you know what I mean, where uh, a lot of people are afraid to go. You know, most people just put on the TV and stuff like that, and that's where they get their, uh, you know, understanding of reality, where I kind of went inward or whatever. Like, I never really was a TV watcher ever. Like, even when I was a kid, I, I didn't really do much of that. And I think what they did is it's, I think it strengthened my imagination or something like that, because, you know, people look at me like King Ghidorah sometimes. Like, I got, like, multiple heads and stuff, and I'm just like, what, you never, you never even considered this? Like, really? So, uh, yeah, and, you know, I, I think you're spot on, though, with that it coming from, uh, you know, that kind of, like, inner place or whatever, you know? It's um, what we do to keep what ourselves alive, right? And uh, people in the trenches and in wars and, and things of that nature, they had the, uh, a, a similar thing. It's a, it's a coping mechanism, right? right. I mean, you, you could sit there and you could be real stressed out about all of these things that you know, or you could make really terrible jokes that are even worse than the reality that you're dealing with. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's true, man. It's just it's just you know it's like unfortunate that that's the way the truth needs to get out there is through like a like a hidden veiled way. You know, I, I always tell people because again, I, you know, people kind of look at me as like a weirdo. A, a lot of the information that I learned and got really wasn't from book knowledge. I'm like a big video game player, and uh, believe it or not, I like learned a lot of this stuff from like video games that weren't uh, really like like censored by like intelligence agencies as like a kid. Uh, you know, games like, like Final Fantasy and all that type of stuff, they get into like these like lost civilizations and how, you know, authority is evil and like the church is enslaving you and this, this and that. And eventually over time, I started to like realize that these these creators, these brilliant people were like putting their ideas and their concepts of their, you know, um, unhappiness with the, with reality into their artwork. And I realized, like, hey, you know, I can do that, too. And well, I started. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm in the process of doing now. I'm, I'm basically, like, working on becoming, like, a like a real deal, like, like stand-up. You know, I've been out there on the stage a few times, and I, like, enjoy it. But it's, like, 
I don't think people realize, like, as someone who tells jokes, you probably know, like, it's not like you just go out and they put you in front of, like, 70 people and you tell jokes. Like, you got to go in the backs of bars with, like, two other comedians that want to see a fail. And, you know, it's just not what people think it is. So that's why I'm not, like, all over, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about that uh, myself because I was sort of wanted to get up into stand-up comedy, and then I, then I sort of I remember all the stories uh, uh, that these uh, great comedians have told about what it does to your life, what it does to your relationships, uh, having to be on tour, having to be up late, what it does to your health. You know, Steve Hughes had massive uh, uh, liver problems. You know, he goes to his uh, Chinese uh, doctor, and, and and he goes to him, "Oh, Steve, your liver is fine," you know, and. Uh, um, it, it takes a toll, I, I think, um, and we have, I, I think, as uh, guys who try to make people laugh, we feel very alone because the vast majority of people aren't funny. They don't, they don't walk around making jokes and, and, and making other people laugh and, and things of that nature because they're dealing with their own crap uh, the best way they know how, which is usually to ignore it. And right. they... they they draw all these lines, right, and and they don't cross them. And one of the uh, one of the old sayings about being a comedian is that you recognise where the line is that you should not cross, and you cross it deliberately. Yep, all day long. <laughs> I don't go too far over the line. I, I just like to, to to make people think, you know. And that's kind of the problem is that, like, it's the same thing with, like, the music industry and stuff. Like, there isn't a lot of, like, thought-provoking, uh, you know, content out there, you know what I mean? And I was always very much drawn to that type of information, you know? I, I always tell people, like, another one of my big heroes, other than, like, George Collins, is actually Tupac, because Tupac was the first person I saw. Again, like, you know, I mentioned, like, my childhood was rough. Like, I didn't have cable TV and computers and stuff. So I wasn't really um, privy to, uh, like, seeing a lot of media so I know I thought all these thoughts that I had myself were just my own thoughts, and I was like crazy. And I remember seeing Tupac go on interviews on like MTV and just kind of like really like put these ideas out there completely fearlessly and stuff like that. And you know I remember them censoring them, and that was another way I kind of I kind of pieced together like, hey, you know, this guy's just trying to be honest and tell the truth. Like, why is that such a problem? You know what I mean? Like, you know. And that's another way I kind of you know got into the conspiracy thing and like, oh, they're they're totally lying to us because he was just so open and overt about it that like there's really that you can't really get rid of the guy you know mm. yeah reminds me of my uh, my producer was telling me he says that uh, all artists are damaged people okay yes. this is, is this is why this is why art actually work and uh, I, I think it's more like this mode that you get into it's a creative uh, uh, hype sort of mode and I think what happens is because reality is that depressing and you have that many facts to back up how, how depressing it is, there's a, a part of you that wants everybody to know about it. And then when that part starts to come out, you find very quickly that the vast majority of people don't want to know about it. And, nope. and in fact, they will hate you for saying it because yeah. uh, as Bill Hicks was saying, the, uh, um, you know, I've got a lot invested in this ride. Look at, right, right. look at my furrows of worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he was great. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're exactly spot on. You know, it's, it's just, uh, 
you know, it, it's unfortunate that we get like relegated to like the corners of the internet like this. And uh, you know, you know, it's funny you said too about like you know like being heard. That that's kind of like the whole reason I'm actually doing this. Because like I mentioned before, I, I was like badly abused throughout like my my childhood and shit like that. And I remember like I, w- I was very open about this. Like I would tell people in my life. And people would just kind of like look at me weird or just be like, well, that's just like normal and stuff, you know, to the point like even the school got involved and they they didn't really like do anything about it, you know. And I just kind of like realized like after time, like it's like, you know, somebody kind of needs to, you know what it is, it's like people would like always talk about how like wonderful your parents are and this this, and that they're so nice and wonderful, but they didn't see what was going on behind closed doors. And the problem is that like you mentioned before, everybody kind of just wants to like you, you, you know, just like kind of like ignore like the problems and stuff like that. And it got to the point where I'm like, I'm just not going to ignore this anymore. Like, I'm going to get in people's face about what's been happening to me. And that's kind of what happened. And then when what, like you just said, like people just don't want to hear it. Like I would bring it up to people and, and you could see they just were like it would get them uncomfortable. So that's when I when I started kind of putting it into like joke form, because I was at the point in my own head, I'm going to make these people listen to me. Like at this point, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. So that's kind of what like spawned, I think, my like, uh, I guess, like my sarcastic sense of humor, you know? Yeah, it reminds me of one time I came off stage at the uh, the Okura Forest Festival. We just did a, a set with my band, uh, Vinny and the Vendettas, and I made a few jokes while, while I was up there. And in the green room, as we were coming off, the uh, the guitarist of the next band, he says, man, you're so funny, Vinny. I wish I could be funny like that. Uh, and uh, I go, really? You want to be born the five, uh, the fifth of five children and have almost uh, no attention and basically have TV raise you and develop your sense of humor as a defense mechanism to be able yeah. to uh, survive without the uh, 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 advent of wanting to kill yourself and and what have you in order to be in order to be able to make jokes right and he's like well no not really and i was like well you enjoy your life don't you and he's like well yeah and i go well i wouldn't want to deprive somebody of their joy right yeah yeah i tell people sometimes like as far back as as i can remember i've always hated being alive you know you know if i was blown out of existence the only thing i'd miss is the pizza you know this place sucks you know and uh (laughs) Yeah, so, somebody needs to do something about it, and that's why I really appreciate your show, because like you said, even within like the truth community, there aren't really like a lot of like, quote-unquote, like goofball, like funny guys, because like you said, most people aren't funny, and, and like you mentioned, because there's like a line, like everybody's trying to like, kind of like fit inside some box, like I'm, uh, uh, you know, even like more of like enlightened people, like I'm like an, an occultist, or I'm a, you know, a Christian, or a hermetic, or this or that, like, I'm just Justin Padini of Earth, and that's that's all you're going to get from me. And I'm not even sure about that. You know, I, I kind of just go with wherever my intuition like brings me and stuff. But yeah, and, and when you're trying to fit into a box, it like limits it limits your imagination. It's like the idea of like let's say if you wanted like a Christian comedian to combat someone like George Carlin, where they have to stay in this Christianity box, whereas George Carlin's just going to draw from everywhere. Like, who do you think is going to have a, a wider set of material? You know what I mean? Mm. It's uh, most, I think, comedy to a large degree that I've that I've viewed of late is safe, and and that's mm. what makes it dull and unfunny. I think right. uh, it's for some. There's there's many types of laughter. You know, when you that that kind of laughter when it's really hilarious. <laughs> And then there's that, 
that kind of uh, laughter where it's sort of like really cringy. <laughs> and then there's that kind of laughter that's uh, highly sexual and almost comes out French. <laughs> you know, there's, there's different ways that you can uh, uh, manipulate the cortex and into uh, releasing those uh, those endorphin rushes and and certain people they have their they have their preference and mm-hmm. uh, i think it was uh, john ansell who's a, a former uh, uh, political uh, advertiser like award winning advertiser this guy this guy really knows how to how to get concepts across to people and he was a big fan of an old 70s show called uh, the goon show with a guy named Spike Milligan. And he was telling me that this guy, Spike Milligan, was the comedian to which, at the time, all other comedians deferred because he was the best. And they showed me some uh, uh, clips of this. And and sure enough, that first laugh that, that you do there, where it's just out of control, where you, where you almost lose all control of motor functions because it's that funny. That's yeah. how good it was. This little um, thing where he had um, a Dalek. You know what a Dalek is, you know, from, from uh, Doctor Who. Um, a little machine comes into the apartment and he's got a, a British wife and she's making him a cup of tea and, and stuff like that. And he's like, hello, honey, I'm home. And... She goes, oh, how's Mr. Stevens at work? He's not very well. Oh, no, what happened to him? I exterminated him. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never seen Doctor Who, but I thought the show was my old neighbor was like obsessed with it. He had like the, the floor mat with the uh, the telephone booth or whatever. I mean, um, just the, uh, the juxtaposition of, of something freaking ridiculous. Right, and and that yeah. that that's that was the essence of, of it then, and and even then it wasn't safe, okay, because there was a lot of uh, things that nowadays would be considered too racist or too controversial. Yeah. It's it's so strange because it seems like back in the day when there wasn't quite so much censorship and 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 things of that nature. There in in the digital space, there were other kinds of censorship, social kinds of censorship, where if you start saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing, you won't really have any friends. And Spike Milligan actually wound up uh, going into a mental asylum. Uh, uh, and uh, for his last uh, 10 years of his career, he wasn't asked to write any jokes and, and what have you. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this like, a, what if we have a use-by date? Speaking of which, we'll be right back after the break, ladies and gentlemen, at the Show.com. We're live on Republic Broadcasting Network. I feel frustrated, yeah. Freedom won't make it. No, I feel frustrated, Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. 
Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Do you begin to smell some funky little things going on? Let me share this story with you. It's not so much a story. It's something I wrote years ago. Read your history, people. Stock markets collapse on Friday. Bank seizures, closures, holidays take place after business hours on Friday. Do currencies or governments also collapse on Friday? (laughs) Tomorrow's Friday. Will the end come on this Friday or will the inevitable collapse hold off for a while? The next round of the worst financial crisis in a hundred years is coming, people. And the government is out to make you and I pay for it. And will your savings survive a global banking wipeout? What happens when the U.S. sees hyperinflation? What if taxes soar not only for the rich? Can you survive the stock market tanks? Look, between a stock market wipeout, waves of bank failures, soaring government spending that will lead to hyperinflation and the destruction of the dollar's value, isn't it time that you prepare for the uncertainty which lies ahead? Protect your money now or forever kiss it goodbye. My friends, I offer you over six decades experience of hard asset ownership and knowledge. And I'm prepared to handle the smallest detail in the balanced protection of your portfolio. For as the future of uncertainty continues to blanket this nation of ours, I believe that I can offer you the privacy, safety, security, and possibly some profitability which you deserve. And so I invite you to visit SierraMondrePreciousMetals.com for further information regarding protecting your wealth. Or call me, Jeffrey Bennett, at 602-799-8214. Or by email at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net for private consultation. Once again, our phone number is 602-799-8214. It's almost Friday. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that's all about everything going down. It's the Vinnie Eastwood Show, broadcasting live on republicbroadcasting.org. Uh, and uh, we won't be broadcasting on Republic for uh, too much longer, 26th of November, so another 20 days. Uh, we will be uh, moving network and we'll be going to uh, Ground Zero Radio. Uh, the lovely guys over there have uh, offered me a slot on the network, which I'm very, very appreciative of, as well as I've been uh, so grateful that RBN has uh, given me this slot uh, for uh, most of this year. And uh, the the wonderful callers and uh, things of that nature, the incredible audience that they have, and those awesome advertisers. There's just so many great products and uh, things of that nature in between the uh, ad breaks of the show. It makes you feel like this is a really good, good network, and I'm, I'll am i be sorry to be leaving it. So uh, 
My very special guest, Justin Padini, is here, and we're talking about comedy, what it means, and and uh, why people do it, and and uh, that kind of thing, and and the uh, the processing of uh, basically early trauma. And my belief is that nobody comes to the truth uh, except through trauma. Okay, in my opinion, that's basically the uh, the one sure-fired route. I haven't met anybody so far who's who's woken up to uh, how horrible things are without having been affected by it in some manner and causing them to question because your parents are essentially your uh when you're a baby your parent is a god as far as you're concerned they 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 created you they uh, keep you alive they protect you and and all of that kind of stuff so if your god is a vengeful god you become a uh, a different being entirely somewhat less angelic justin Padini, my very special guest welcome back very, very well said. You know, I got to give you props, man. You're a fucking great host. You're, you're very amusing, too. A- anytime I watch your show, when I get time, like, I always kind of have, like, like a grin on my face throughout the whole thing or whatever. So I, I got to give you props for that. You definitely, you're, you're good, man. Um, yeah, I, I, what I try to do is be like a dark angel or whatever, because those are always my favorite characters, you know? Like, you know, I always tell people, I'm pure as fuck. Like, I, I've never stolen anything. I never cheated on oh, oh, by the way, by the way, speaking of as pure as if, uh, we are on a network, so we have to oh, keep I'm that sorry. stuff down, which is unfortunate for comedy, but go right ahead. Forgive me. I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize. Um, So, yeah, like, like that. that's another way I think people uh, are can basically, like, find and access the truth throughout their own, like, soul is by, like, being try to be as pure as possible. You know, I, I feel that, like, the more pure you are with your conscience, the more you become, like, a conduit for, like, the force of good. Uh, I know that might sound a little crazy. I know the rapper Nas kind of said something similar to that recently, but I do believe that to be true. And uh, I try to do nothing that goes against my conscience and that's why i'm always beefing and feuding with religious people on the internet because i'm not an atheist but i don't fall into any category and they are not happy about that and uh you know i don't know like i said i I definitely go like with like well you know like more like mark passio is talking about with like that kind of occult stuff and i I think it just makes a lot more sense personally you know well what uh what mark said is that there's two types of christians esoteric christians those who have what he calls uh could be termed christ consciousness like this is what christ did this is how he thought and this is how he felt about things and uh, this is the rules to follow in life um and you don't need a book to tell you that uh, generally right. speaking yeah you, you you certainly need some uh, experience and some innate wisdom and a conscience to understand that which is why psychopaths very rarely fall into this category and the second is what you call the exoteric uh, christians like an exoskeleton of of uh, religiosity as opposed yeah. to the religion being within you right yeah. so they've got their they've got this book and they tell you what to believe out of it and stuff like that but they don't actually follow any of the rules no all right they just tell you that you should be following them and give you the impression that you should be uh worshiping them because they claim to uh, right there's uh, what i call hypocristians all right and uh, i told mike passio this and he says it's very apple pie and this uh, elements I like to uh, uh, call the, uh, uh, the the main structure of reality. You know, it's a. Uh, I got asked one time, Salvini, give it to us straight. Is the Earth flat or is it round? <laughs> oh, here we and, go. <laughs> and I said, well, 
I think it's a holographic fractal that's being projected by collective consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. And they were like, (laughs) (laughs) But what angle is it? Like, as if it's not, you know? (laughs) Yeah. They get so bent up about, like, the craziest shit. Like, you know, a a good friend of mine, like, I love the guy, but he's, like, the most hardcore Christian I know. And he's always in my inbox trying to sell me to become, like, down with Christianity because he sees, like, I have, you know, a decent following or whatever. And the other day he said to me, I sent him a thing about Muhammad Ali because, like, I I posted earlier, like... Oh my goodness, we're going to have to uh, come back to that in just a sec. Very short ad break, this one. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Remember to go to com and make a donation today if you can, please, to support the broadcast. We'll be right back after these messages from Republic Broadcasting Network and on you are tuned in to the republic broadcasting network visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. 
Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that's all about everybody wanting to be Mexican. It's the Vinny Eastwood Show. Uh, and on my YouTube channel, Vinny and the Vendettas, uh, my guitarist Mike, who uh, came up with that little uh, that little ditty there, uh, has just uploaded the, uh, the demo for Everybody Wants to Be Mexican. So go to Vinny and the Vendettas on YouTube and go and check that puppy out. My very special guest is uh, Justin Padini, and you were just telling me about a uh, conversation you were having with a uh, Christian friend of yours. Please continue. <laughs> What I like to do is I like to poke and prod, prod religionists because people tell me I look like the devil, so I kind of like play into it a little bit. So, well, anyway, this my, a good friend of mine, like I said, he's he's always in my inbox, like trying to con convert me over to Christianity. And uh, you know, he, he was always talking about how they don't judge people. You know, judgment is is bad. So then, what I did was. A I, I believe that there's a higher power. I just don't think it has like a name and a book and, and a penis and stuff like that. So basically what um what I what I asked him was like uh you know, I sent him a thing about Muhammad Ali and how Muhammad Ali, you know, he came out as a Muslim or a Muslim or whatever you call it at some point, but then later on was just like it, all these religions are praying to the same God. So I sent him this information and then he you know what he says to me? He goes, I wouldn't take information from a boxer. I mean, what's more judgmental than that? Like, you just judged an entire, like, subsect of people. And not even that. The guy himself is a personal trainer, which, in my opinion, is kind of like lower rank than a boxer, you know? It's just like almost everything these people say is just on some level, like, hypocritical. And I just, I'm just all about the truth. I just I'm, That's all I'm interested in. I don't care what it is. I just want to know what it is. And I just feel like only people like you, me, and a handful of other people really, like like you said, people that have been through like pain and really suffered are really interested in knowing what the actual truth of reality is, not what they were told as a kid to prove true, you know? Yeah, I said uh, that the basic mental illness that affects both activists and politicians comes from the same root cause, which is trauma. However, the expression of that trauma is totally different depending on who it hits. One person will get traumatized and then they'll dedicate their life to preventing that trauma happening to other people. And then another group of people will be traumatized and then they will go out and traumatize other people because they feel that as long as it's happened to them, then it's completely justified just as long as it's not happening to them. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. You're, you're totally spot on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wish, I wish we knew really what more to do about it, you know? So like, as far as I'm, what I'm doing right now, personally in my life is me and a bunch of my buddies from like around the way, I'm basically just, you know, I just healed up. I torn my forearm back in the gym. I just want to bulk up for a few weeks and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to attempt to do kind of like what 50 cent did to get in the rap game, except I'm just going to do it with the comedy game. 
and I'm, I'm just going to go deep with a lot of these people to the stand-ups around like New York City and Queens and stuff and kind of just try to make a name for myself that way or whatever because I, I don't know if you saw my post the other day but like even just in one of my files I had like 111 pages of jokes so like I have like multiple lifetimes worth of material uh, I just need to like basically do something about it and I started like two or three, a couple of years ago and like I said just life gets in the way and it just, it's just really time consuming to go to these places but you know now just being the way things are like new york literally there's i'm not joking when i tell you this like i I live close to a main road there's probably a tenth of the people on the main road that there was like three or four years ago so now that i just have more free time that's what i'm gonna actually start doing and gunning and stuff like that so uh you know hopefully uh in the future i'll pop off or whatever you know Mm. well i think is what is happening here is that uh, the world's changing uh, what people are listening to is changing. Uh, where people are looking is changing. What people are doing in their in their daily lives is changing, and it's not just changing; it's literally being engineered. Um, and so we're we're stuck in this uh, kind of quagmire where we've grown up with a certain level of programming of the indoctrination in our society. And now there's a whole new level of programming and indoctrination in society that we're not comfortable with, and yet we're still trying to go around, do things that we thought used to work back in the day, but they don't work anymore. Um, And... I don't know. There's there's all sorts of technological solutions to these things. I mean, I, I consider myself a comedian, but I don't do stand up uh, per se uh, very very regularly or often, or go to the comedy bars or anything. I just th- this is my show. You know, this is my comedy show that uh, people uh, are talking into to talk about satanic ritual abuse and uh, the the. Uh, a way that we will kind of uh, uh, get over this sort of hump is by finding these new ways. And, uh, and musicians have got this problem as well now. And I, I thought about an idea called uh, digitalbusker.com. You go live and people are able to chip money at you while you're playing and busking. Right. And YouTube's uh, super chat mechanism made that such a, a viable concept and so of course my uh, youtube channels got deleted and got demonetized and deplatformed so it's like there there goes that idea um but there's still they've got to be all these ideas that people have to spend their time on in order to will into the physical reality for example if you've got 1100 pages of jokes uh have you ever seen those books you know 1001 jokes or, or or something of that nature what if and and i'm just spitballing here what yeah. if considering you've got all those uh, pages already written down, all you've got to do is curate them, put them into categories. You know, these are lame jokes, these are good jokes, these are intellectual jokes, these are rude jokes, or so on and so forth, and uh, publish them. And uh, online independent publishing, I've just just recently been told, is one of the main sources of revenue for a lot of people in the uh, truth movement and uh, intellectual freedom movement, uh, actually, because people are able to buy those books off of Amazon and uh, get those things uh, printed without needing a publisher per se and be able to live off of uh, passive income for that. Now, that being said, is there a lot of call for comedy books these days? I mean, uh, I remember back in uh, what was it? A during World War Two? Uh, no, no, sorry, World War One. Actually, when the wireless, the radio, was a new thing, the most popular thing that people were listening to during the time of war was comedy shows. 
ways to deal with the horror that they were beset by on a daily basis through the news and the media. So once a real war breaks out, we'll be the people that people turn to in order to be able to survive and get through the day. They won't be necessarily trying to stockpile ammunition and AR-15s. They'll be stockpiling jokes. (laughs) That's actually pretty funny. You know, I hadn't considered that, but that actually is a really good point. Um, I would even consider what doing what you say. I'm not like opposed to it. You know what it is with me though is like I, you know, I'm fairly well known in my area because I'm just kind of an outspoken dick or whatever. So I go around to the gyms and stuff, and I just kind of go up to people and I just start telling them jokes. And everybody's always like, bro, like you have like a presence, get your ass on stage. Because somebody mentioned the book thing to me before, too, which I probably will do eventually because I do, again, not to be like a conceited asshole, but I do think of a lot of jokes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I definitely need to get like myself out there on stage. Like I said, I've, I've done well with the times that I go. I've gone. It's just that like it, it's just like time consuming. Like I said, I've gone places in Manhattan, sat there for half an hour, like signed up, paid them, and they didn't even like call me. You know, and it's just kind of it, 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 that. It, it, you know, like the the industry is discouraging. But at this point, I figured you know if we, if I just go with like a squad of people, like that in and of itself, so it will probably like help out. I'm pretty sure that's how the Saturday Night Live guys did it. Like I think they were just like a group of friends or some shit like that so i'm just gonna like leave the charge or whatever and uh you know you'll, you'll probably see a lot more in the very near future within like the next month or two i'm really gonna start putting myself out there and stuff like that but uh you know i, I appreciate you having me on the show too and everything too because like i said you know I, I post a lot of material uh, on my internet pages a lot and stuff and i'm trying to you know just get people to see you know see the truth i guess through my lens or whatever you know well, I, I was thinking about this, and the reason why I asked you on the show is because uh, I watch your Facebook feed, um, and uh, you always come up on it every day, and there's always new jokes, there's always new memes, and and, uh, and they're all reasonably good, right? And, 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 and that, doesn't, that doesn't happen very often. And uh, so I was like, hey, man, other people can benefit from Justin Padini. Find him on Facebook and add him as a friend, follow his account and, and, and stuff like that, Justin A. Padini. Um, and and you guys will have you have your life uh, uh, benefited by his uh, by his uh, levity and what what not just as much as I have uh, if not more because uh, I think the main thing about being a truther is the loneliness aspect because you can't talk to people who are on your level because there's only 1% of the population that falls into that category. That means 99 out of 100 people you talk to, you're probably not really going to want to talk to them again. Yeah, that's why I do it in the way that I do to make it like presentable. See, like that—that's kind of what I mean. Like, I'm not—I'm not shy at all. I'm a little shy now because I'm a little nervous and I also can't see you. But uh, like, I, I just like walk up to strangers, like whether they want to hear the jokes or not, and just start telling telling them the jokes. You know, I'm, like, normally, I mean, I'm still like two forty, two fifty, but I'm a fairly like large and imposing guy. So most people aren't like, no, man, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, again, I'm a sweetheart. I'm not, you know, pushing my weight on nobody. But uh, I, it definitely helps and stuff. But um, again, thank you, like, you know, for, for the help and stuff, because like I said, we all need to work together and come together. Like Too many people look at reality as like a competition where we all need to cooperate. You know what I mean? Like you're a fucking oh, sorry, you're a hilarious dude. Like people tell me I got jokes and stuff. We all just need to work together and band together and just educate these people that really don't want the truth because they just don't want to face what the truth is, because then they need to rethink reality, you know? Mm. Rethinking reality is not an easy challenge. Uh, because 
Oh, go ahead. I'll start. You, you, you know what I was going to say, though, is that like something I personally find empowering where I, I it's exactly what you say. Like most people don't. The way I look at it, though, is kind of like, you know, like after you understand that virtually everything that you've ever heard is a lie, you know, it's, that seems to scare a lot of people. But like I find that very freeing, like, oh, shit, like Los of Atlantis, probably Israel, you know, like, wait, this is probably. Oh, wow. Those pyramids. You know what I mean? Like to me, to me, I find that extremely like empowering. So. I'm not sure what the difference with me is than most people, but, you know, I always thought that was great. Like, oh, wow, this is all a lie. Well, I'm just going to do my thing then, you know? I, uh, I think what it is is uh, if authority itself and your models of authority have lied to you, betrayed you, hurt you, and uh, damaged you, Okay, uh, in a long period of time, your respect for authority as a concept basically falls by the wayside. Somebody says that they're an expert, you're immediately suspicious of them. Somebody says that they're an authority on this subject, you're immediately suspicious of them. So in in point of fact, to be told that everything you've ever been taught is a lie not only makes sense, but it perfectly justifies your anti-authoritarian stance that you've had all this year, you know, and, and, and all these years, rather. So this is the thing. If authority in and of itself is a fallacy, okay, as in there's really only one type of authority and it's a lie, Having that realization that you've now got facts to back up what you think, to back up what you feel, it makes you feel a lot better. It makes you feel a lot more free because finally things actually make sense. Yeah, I think that's why George Carlin like had all those lists of, uh, you know, fire and brimstone because like you said, like people like, you know, you basically make a list, like you said, of all like the points and things that you've got on your side. And, you know, that's at least where I got like I get like the jokes from. It's just, you know, when something doesn't go along with like the way I see it, like Bill Hicks talked about, I kind of just, you know, I, I put my own two cents. And, you know, usually I'm fortunate enough to have my own, I guess, like punchline about it or whatever. But, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I was thinking about this as uh the point of a joke is basically uh, that all jokes have one thing in common, one thing in particular, a victim. All right. Somebody okay. is always the butt of the joke. Now, in, in the Vinnie Eastwood showcase, the jokes are very terrible puns. So the victim is you, the audience. And, uh, the, and if you're a conspiracy minded, there is literally no end to the vast array of victimhood that you can make jokes out of. You know? know. It's great. That's the best part. You know, like, that's what I mean. There's just so much material to draw from. Like, again, like, I just uh, stay, you know, coming up with more and more material because there's just so much to draw from. Like, I don't understand how there aren't, like, everyone's not a comedian. Like, you know, uh, you know, I've been having a field day since COVID-19. You know, I don't know if you ever saw my, like, Mount Everest video, but that, that did really big just because... You know, I, I pointed out how, like, they, they shut down Mount Everest. And, you know, like, I mean, think about the logic there. Like, like who with a respiratory infection wants to climb a mountain, let alone who's on top of the mountain already that's going to contract the, the, the COVID? Like, it's just, you know, and people just, you know, like, what? I, I mean, th like, think it over. Like, what? You know, I, you know, this is where I come up with stuff, though. It's kind of ridiculous, you know. Uh, it, it's to ridicule. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, 
<laughs> that's, that's the thing. Things are ridiculous, and thus they need to be ridiculed. All right? Um, and, and comedy sort of like the... Uh, what was it saying there about uh, to be humble requires humiliation, okay? That's what it comes from. And the vast majority of people who go along with mainstream narratives have not been humiliated enough yet. They haven't been persecuted enough yet for their ridiculously moronic, unthinking, and very, very tightly held belief structures that have been provided for them that they never came up with on their own, that they haven't processed in any way. It's like football is actually the perfect example of of people just being programmed and hypnotized. Uh, Football is objectively one of the most boring things you could ever possibly watch. I mean, a football game is literally like if you were like up, up high in an apartment, let's say in like Manhattan, and like you, you look down and try to watch a group of cars navigate through traffic. That's basically like watching football. It's not fun. It's not, uh, again, like almost. I'm the only person I know that doesn't like football, other than like a few women. But it, like the idea, like I remember being like a kid and like, what are the chances that everybody likes this except me? You know, like it's like what all? Like I can sit and watch like a basketball or UFC or something like that because there's a lot of action. Well, football is just boring as sin. And it literally here in the United States, everyone is obsessed with this. And, and that was like another thing, too. I remember thinking, like, what is the chance that everybody likes this but me? And then, like I said, you know, over time, like I started to realize, like, oh, these people just aren't really being genuine. They're not being their true selves. They're just trying to like we talked about it earlier in the, in the interview. Like they're just trying to like fit a mold. They don't want to go past those lines that you, you mentioned, you know? Uh, it, it's exhausting. Right. And. The, the word you ticked on there is boring, okay? And I think that is the vast majority of people summed up in a nutshell right there. They're freaking boring. Freaking Why? Boring. Why? Because they're not original, okay? Right. They ain't coming up with anything that ain't already been come up with. They don't have an opinion that hasn't already been given to them. It's, what would you, what would you call it? Uh, mediocre. Uh, they're mediocre, all right? Yeah. What, yeah. what okay. you really want, what you really want in life is people that inspire you, okay? Inspire as opposed to respire, which is the breath out. Inspire is the breath in. And uh, Cliff High told me this. I, I told him, hey, humanity is like a spring. If you push us down, we'll resist you. You push us down all the way. We'll still resist you, and the second you stop pushing us down, we'll pop up, right? That's what humanity's spirit's like. And he goes, no, Vinny, use an organic example. Humanity's like a water spring. Now, what happens when you try to push down water that's bursting through to the surface? It starts going sideways, going all the way through stone and through mud and through sand and bursting through to the surface from places you can't predict or comprehend, that's what humanity's spirit is actually like. Now, that's the whole um, basis of inspiration, okay? To give ideas and that current and that courage to others. And the only way to do that is by example. So if there, right. are, no exa- if there are no examples of people with intellect with comedy, with creativity, with inventions, and people with originality, 
what is going to happen to you, considering that we are all a base construct of all of the experiences that we've been exposed to, okay? And so that's why it's so important to be original like we are, to be genuine like we are, if nothing else, because there are very few of us. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, it's good you brought that up because, you know, the inspiration thing is probably the most important thing I feel. That's kind of why I think people are are boring is because they're not really inspired. And I just want to point out to anybody like watching this, at least where I've gotten a lot of my personal inspiration from is seeing some of these great uh, people of the past, like someone like George Carlin or Tupac or, you know, like Da Vinci or, you know, just, just like the people that really, you know, did stuff or whatever. And, you know, a lot of people just enjoy their material, but they don't like look into like what, like what got this person into that mindset? Like what, what have they been through? Like, what was it that, you know, that they, um, you know, inspired them or got them to on the method and track of thinking that they're on. And, and that's why I like anytime, like I'm fascinated with somebody or something like I kind of want to take it all in and, and learn all about it. And then if you look into these people that really did the, make the difference, it's like we talked about earlier. A lot of these people were in like a lot of pain and stuff. And if you look in their their writings or just some of their interviews and stuff, you know, you can see it. Like, you know, the guys that I mentioned, they weren't like, you know, just all like MTV happy guys, you know, they like, had something to say on their interviews and uh, not only were they significantly more talented than anyone else in their field uh they all their bodies of work were just absolutely i mean if you look at like george collins body of work uh, it's it's insane compared to just like even like some of the greats like rodney dangerfield i think he only had like two stand-ups or something that he just pulled jokes out of or, or you know like like tim allen i think he had like one stand-up or something like that you know same thing or like like tupac i think that they're still finding songs this guy had like a thousand songs if you took like jay-z nas eminem and biggie and combined the amount of tracks that they did in since the 30 years since they've been doing their thing it still just kind of comes out to about what tupac did in like four years it, it you know it's because these people were driven and inspired from something different than just being rich and famous they wanted to change the nature of reality the slavery that we live under and that will light a fire under you and you know and there you go so yeah i mean tupac has uh dad almost got shot by the chicago police he was a member of the uh, the black panthers i believe at the time yeah. and uh the cops pulled up outside his uh his cousin's house he's staying with his cousin there to, to uh, sort of uh, stay down low um and they pulled out all their guns and told them to come out and Tupac's dad started taking off his clothes and his cousin's like, what are you doing? He's like, take off all your clothes, man, all of them. Uh, go out there buck-ass naked. Otherwise, they'll say that you've got a gun and they'll shoot you. And <laughs> so his cousin was like, no, nah, man, I, I'll take off most of my clothes. Just goes out there in boxer shorts. Gun! <laughs> Blew him away. And, and then uh, Tupac's dad Ooh. comes out. Uh, Wang swinging in the breeze, and you could see, he said he could see the, the look on these cops' face. <laughs> Damn it! You know? Let's say that happened to your dad. How, well, how would that affect you in, in terms of your inspiration to do something to uh, help the black community? And I remember it was uh, John Potash, who I had on the show a number of years ago, talked about the uh, FBI's uh, secret war on black leaders. And this is what happens, I think, when you get to the point of being able to inspire people to such a degree that you're actually activating them. 
and you're getting them to stop sitting down doing nothing, being a voyeuristic observer of this information. You're turning a consumer into a creator. That's what they don't want. That's what makes them target you. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I totally believe that. Actually, uh, I didn't know that about Tupac's father, but they actually uh, went after him the moment he put out a song. He never, the guy, Tupac never had a record uh uh, a record with the law, at least, uh, until he put out his first record, which is ironic, I guess. Um, but yeah, for that exact reason and stuff, yeah, and the Black Panthers, you know, that's what they'll do, because God forbid, you know, they get equal rights or something like that, you know? I mean, you know you, you know what it is, like, you know, they, they control all the information and how, uh, you know, everything's seen. And, and that's one of the things, like I said, that, that really woke me up, was seeing what they did to, to him in the early 90s, and how they framed him and this, this, and that. Where I was just kind of like, like they charged him with the um, the sex uh, the the sexual harassment thing, but the actual charge wasn't that. And then the, I remember the newspaper said that it was, and I was like, wow, like they really are just trying to frame this dude. And that, you know, when I was like eighteen, nineteen, I was like, oh wow, these people were really, you know, really like that. You know, another just uh, well, sort of on the same topic, another bit of censorship. Uh, uh, I post about Godzilla a lot, which people are like, why, you know, why do you like Godzilla so much? And uh, most people don't real, don't know this, but the original Godzilla film was banned in the United States for 50 years because of what it was about. And, uh, you know, and that, that's kind of the, the thing. I remember when I was like five years old, like, like seeing the first movie and having that explained to me uh, about how they basically like, like altered and doctored the movie and then re released it in the United States like two years later. And that was just always kind of in the back of my mind. So I was a lot more likely to, you know, I guess just kind of consider that when I would hear things like, you know. Mm. It was a, uh, it was a strange time every time right wherever society is at whatever point it is there's a whole bunch of things that they're just not willing to accept whole bunch of things that they're just not willing to look at it in terms of the majority over time those small voices that get stamped out and ignored and abused and so on and so forth they leave a trail a trail for other people to pick up and keep going on as they were so i think that's the end of the show Justin, thank you okay. so much for your time, brother. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor having you on the show, man. And I can't wait until you get your ass on a stage and get somebody to film it so I can actually watch you doing your first stand-up set, bro. I'm waiting for it. Okay, great. I actually, I think I have one I can send to you or whatever. But yeah, if you ever want to come on my uh, you know, Facebook too or whatever, I'd love to have you on. But again, thank you so much for having me, man. Like I said, I'm a big fan of yours or whatever. So keep doing it. And like I said, I'll keep sharing your stuff. Much love to you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the Vinnie Eastwood Show. Go to the VinnieEastwoodShow.com. And we will see you again next time. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.